Uh, this, it's good to see a lot of people here. I, I know people said in, in one podcast you said you were surprised there were so many people, but some people listening didn't know how cold it was. So they said, I wonder why he was surprised. And Yeah, it's very cold. <laughs> so just getting out, but it's so sunny, isn't it? Wasn't it good to get out once you got out? And it wasn't as cold. It wasn't 13 below zero, it was only like three or four below zero. That's, I just hope my mother doesn't know what the temperature is. <laughs> but she now has a, um, it's not Google, it's uh, Alexa that my brother put in her little apartment. So she talks to it and she's always saying, what's the weather? What's the weather in Illinois, in Crystal Lake? What's the weather in Houston? You know, she, so she'll probably know what it is and be horrified for me. Um, I wanted to talk about animals today because I'll share an experience I had. Um, This cold weather, you know, I'm sure all of us are thinking about the feral cats and wild animals and birds and just how how they fare in this kind of weather when it gets so cold. There are feral, a lot of feral cats in my neighborhood, and one reason is because there are a couple of people who feed them. So um, they, they actually have a house, but it's a cat lady's house, so there, there are lots and lots of cats and kittens. Um, but, you know, when the weather is this cold, we can get irritated at those feral cats other times, but I start worrying about them when the weather is this cold. But if you have a nice, if you have a nice house cat, you don't worry about it. But if you have a dog, I've been corresponding more with people who own dogs over what are you what are you doing with your dog? Like is your dog peeing and pooping? Is it going on walks? Is it using paper that you've put in the house? And and I was just laughing because that's been there are at least four or five people who I get will will message back and forth about how our dogs are doing. And it's all about how cold it is. So I have a Scotty, so they're really intrepid. So my dogs, it, sometimes I'm not going to go outside with them. There was one night this week where I just got a headache if I stepped outside. But he still wants to go on his walks. So we're taking shorter walks because of me. But uh, he still, he's, he's, he gets out and he dives in the snow he was, I didn't know he'd been watching me, but I'd sprinkled some, I have a bird feeder, but I'd sprinkled some uh, bread that had a lot of seeds in it, pieces out over the snow, thinking maybe maybe some of the critters would uh, need that. And he must have been watching, because the first walk we took down our little path that I uh, dug in the snow, he just jumped, he dove into the pile of snow, and just got buried, his whole face was covered in snow because he knew those little pieces of bread were out there. And that was on, that was yesterday morning and the day before that. So, uh, he's, he's rather intrepid, but he'll still reach that point where one of those paws will come up and it's like, you know, you either carry them or you get them back in fast. And he's kind of chunky, so I don't like to carry him. <laughs> but, other people have dog problems, and so we're all sympathizing. But if you have cats inside, you're you're fine. But then you worry about feral cats more, I think. 
But uh, my experience that I wanted to share with you wasn't just about dogs pooping and peeing and walking in very cold weather. Yesterday, I, I was invited uh, to mainstay the horse therapeutic farm that's in, uh, it's right, it's right around, uh, it's Richmond address, but it's near Ringwood. And they had, they, I'd been, I'd had some work shop experience with them where I led meditations and we were with the what they call the the littles or we call the little herd of goats and ponies and sheep and uh, a donkey and they have a little herd of animals that have been rescued and they're they have the job of, of being therapy animals for people and then the horses are the rescue animals because they've been rescued and their lives have been, they're in this wonderful heavenly place and well taken care of, but they were all rescued. So they help children and adults realize you can survive incredible things. They all have incredible stories. So they're therapists because their lives are examples of survival and kind of victory and peace at at the uh, at some point, so they te- they work very uh, a lot with children and uh, uh, at re- at risk teens too, who who can see how incredible these animals have done with a rough life. And the horses they have, the therapy horses, have all been. Uh, they have one. They have one or two that are were rescued. But the other horses have been trained and are very, very carefully chosen. The process is probably more difficult than being a, a seeing eye dog. Uh, but they, they pick very special horses who have the, the right stuff to be a therapy animal. And, uh, they, they usually have to buy those horses and find them because they're, they're, they have to be trained for a long time. So those horses, are working helping people with physical injuries, developmental disabilities. Um, they they work with seniors and Alzheimer's patients, and they they do everything from having people ride them. And they have incredible equipment there, and the the beautiful it's a beautiful new newer building that they've uh, have a heated barn and a, the uh, arena is indoors and and heated heated to them is like not very hot you you know it's it's great for the animals who live there but it's still pretty cold um but it's indoors and they have indoor spaces for all the little animals too when it's this cold but the horses they really work hard the horses are uh, but the but the people at mainstay are deeply devoted to the animals and their welfare as well as their clients so they're they're very they don't overwork their horses because they know that those horses are working with all of their being because of the way horses can be. And I didn't know much at all about horses. I grew up in Texas, so people always think that I know about horses, and I don't. Just you know, I'm not afraid of them, but I don't know that much about horses. And um, Marty Gorman, who's a, a big volunteer there and as a Sangha member here over the years has told me so much about it that when I was introduced to the people at Mainstay 
they said, maybe you can do meditations for things we have. So that's what we've been doing. So uh, they, they treat their, the animals there with so much respect because they know what they're doing for people. And you can see it anytime you go there. You can, any of you are welcome to go there and visit and be rehabbed by a horse or a goat or a sheep. Or, uh, but, they're, but you're welcome to go and visit it anytime and any time the staff is there. And yesterday they had their annual, it's their annual board of directors meeting and the staff, they have a huge volunteer staff now, about 130 people, but they have some people who are part-time paid staff and they have their office staff and the management and program and grant writers and program directors. And so there were about 30 people, and they asked me to come and talk about the workshops that, that I've gotten to do two of two with. We, the, they're workshops that are on grief and loss, um, using the little herd to just be, to help adult people who are, who have experienced grief or loss and are still dealing with it, trying to work with it. And those workshops have been incredible. And it turns out that pretty much everybody, whenever, when they asked me if I could put, get a group together for the first workshop, they still had some grant money. And um, everyone I asked and told about the workshop wanted to go. And they said, I, I had a loss, you know, several years ago. Can I qualify? <clears throat> And I realized every all of us have losses in our lives that we're that we're working on. You know, it doesn't have to be something that happened within the last year. A lot of us are still dealing with loss from many years ago, uh, and the losses can be, you know, the loss of a job or a loss of status or a divorce or someone dying or something drastically changing, illness an illness that affects, kind of changes our whole life. And it might be uh, something that happened long ago, so you might automatically think, oh, you don't qualify, you know, you've, you should have dealt with that. And that's not how grief and loss work. <clears throat> it's, never, it's never a linear thing. And uh, so everybody who I talked to about the workshop wanted to qualify, and, and I knew a lot of people, who, I knew their stories of most of the people I talked to, and there was so much more that I didn't know. So the workshops were wonderful. They, we've had two of them, and we're going to have a third. But that led to them asking me to come and talk about that workshop and how it, how it has affected the people who attended, and also to lead a meditation and what they wanted me to do was lead a meditation in the, in the stables with the horses with this group of about 30 people. And that's what we've been doing with the, with the other workshop groups. And it's, and it's been just wonderful. So, you know, yesterday, first thing on the pro, everybody gets into this nice warm room with coffee and refreshments and everybody's greeting their friends and, um, it's, like three below zero, and and the first thing on the program is me, and they've all taken their coats off, right? So they're all they're they've taken their scarves and their hats and their gloves and their coats. We've taken all that off, 
And so I'm thinking I'll be kind of deep in the program so because people are just warming up. I'm first on the program, and the first thing is, okay, uh, Weemel is going to take us all outside to go meditate with the horses. <laughs> and I thought, oh, man, nobody's going to want to do that. And if and you know if it was here at the temple and we said we're all going to go outside and meditate, half of us, including me probably, would be in the shoe room. We'd never get any further than that, you know. We'd just be slowly putting our shoes on. It'd be done. But this is a perfect group because they all are used to being out in those barns and being out with the horses, and they're they're exactly the kind of people that every person just bundles up and no complaints. They're just out there in the stables, and it was so cold. <laughs> uh, but the horses are all in their stables. If, if it was not as cold, they might even be outside. But they're all in their big stalls, and they have huge stalls. They're, I mean, it's a wonderful, Diane, you know, we've. It, they just have, it's just the best setup. I want to be a horse in another, <laughs> because they are, they're, and they're so, they all their stalls have their names on it, and if you want anybody to tell you their stories or what they're particularly skilled at, these people all know. And and the horses are magical. I've I've just I've seen it. I've seen it with these groups and with myself. So we everybody goes out. They have to get a, a, a folding chair, which are made out of metal, so they're freezing cold to. So you have to get a chair and go and set it out, and there are a lot of people, like I'm guessing 30. So they're all sitting as close as they can get. There are two rows of people. They're sitting as close as they can get to the front of the stalls. So they're just their knees are almost bumping up, facing the stall, and they're they're about oh they've got about. The stalls are so big, it only goes back. For all those people, it's about two and a half stalls back. So, And they all sit down, and they're all chatting and chatting because the group's just happy to be with each other, and, and everybody's talking. And the, But when I said, okay, I want everybody to be quiet and close their eyes, just they did it. They just all just dropped silent instantly. And I wanted them to close their eyes because the horses were already paying a lot of attention. And, and I wanted them for, at first to not have the people staring at them, and I wanted them not to be watching the horses. And the horses were just there. You know, they'd been, they, they had good stuff to straw and things to eat in their uh, stalls. So everyone got very quiet. And as soon as they closed their eyes and stopped talking, and they did that exactly when I told them to, the horses started moving closer to to watch the people. And so I did a guided meditation, just a loving kindness practice. But we, what I do when I'm there is I use the the uh, you know we're working with the uh, the whole. They have what 80 acres or something, but I, I'm, I'm really thinking about all the creatures, all the animals, the horses, and all the the animals who work there, and the people, but then all the wild animals and all the, you know, the the like the little spirits that might be on that property and just all everything on that property and all the creatures. 
and then uh, just spread it out from there. And so I did that. That was the kind of meditation I did. And most of the people have probably not meditated, but I'm, I know some have. Um, but as and it's as as I talked, and I it was about we were there. We did the meditation for about 15 minutes. And the horses, what I wanted them to do, the whole meditation, was for them. We did short loving kindness, and then I said, just be present, you know, and just use all your senses, except I, I had them keep their eyes closed. But at one point I said, now just uh, open your eyes just to see, you know, the horse that you're in front of. And they all kind of gasped because all the horses had just gotten as close as they could to, to, to the people. Just like, what is, what, let's get close to this. They're all being quiet. And, uh, they were, and they all kept moving closer or they'd go sideways so their whole body could be at the front of the stall. And then the horses were watching the people. Then I said, close your eyes again. And so it's, it's just, that what the horses are doing is the most amazing thing of all. So you're listening to the sound. You know, here, you, we, I wanted you to listen and hear, like, the cars and hear the, the, you can hear things going on and off here. And you can hear a lot of people, I think a lot of people are dealing with uh, maybe coughs and things or the dry air because lots of coughs and, you know, you can everybody's so quiet, nobody was moving at all, but you can hear people, and you could feel the colder, you can feel a little, at least your floor might be heated, ours isn't up here, but you can feel that the temperature's colder and it's drier. But you're sitting in that bar, in that the stalls, and you're really feeling the temperature, and people were, they were fine with that because they they're more used to it, but you can feel, though, and I could see the horses breathing and their breath comes out as big, white, like white clouds. And so when a horse breathes, that's a big, that goes out. And you can just imagine if you're not a horse person already, it's just watching them breathe out and see all that, that cloud, that white cloud come out. That's, that's pretty cool. But the horses were just totally changed when we were doing the meditation because they were responding to those people and just being there quietly. And they wanted, they just kept getting closer. And I think what the, the horses were giving us something. And they were, they were feeling the connection with the people. And they know, they, they were chewing their food. And with those big teeth, you can hear them just grinding the oats. And you can hear them uh, chewing, you can, you, it's, it's not quiet, you know, as soon as you're quiet, you hear, there, you can just imagine their teeth, you know, uh, those, they're not meat eaters, so they're doing all that great crunching with their teeth, kind of grinding. And then they pee a lot, horses pee a lot. <laughs> It's it's amazing. <laughs> so this is morning time, and they've probably eaten. So they're peeing, they're pooping, they fart. Horses do fart a lot. <laughs> and these are people who work with the horses, so nobody's even giggling when they. With our other groups, you know, there's some there's some kind of giggles because it's 
it's like, my gosh, there must be elephants in those cages. But the horses are just, I mean, this is just their morning of kind of getting, they're just, they're in their stalls, they're visiting with each other, and suddenly these people are there. And so it ended up that that getting bundled up and going out to the stalls, it just, even the people who work with horses, they were amazed. They don't, they were, when they all opened their eyes, they were still watching the horses and they couldn't believe, and they know the horses' temperaments and personalities. And one woman said, well, look at her eyes. Her eyes are usually, they are, her eyes are open. Her eyes are wide open and really clear. That's not her usual sort of morning look. And they could see a change just in the horses, in their faces. When we were there the last time, they had, uh, there was a horse in one of the stalls, and the group was smaller, but we were, you know, right there doing the same thing. And, uh, the, one of the horses actually, they were eating some really good stuff they'd put out for them in a bag. They were pulling it out of a bag. They finished eating that, and then there's the farting and the pooping and the peeing. And then one horse, with all of us there, lay down in their stall. And the, and the instructors were, they still were talking about it yesterday. They said, horses are, you know, they're, uh, not animals who'll lay down and relax in front of strangers because, you know, they're hunted by other, they're, they're always on the lookout for dangerous situations. So with these strangers staring at them, they, they were, they couldn't believe that the horse was so relaxed that, that the horse lay down and just, you know, lay down, still paying attention to us and just relaxed. She said, that's, that's un, um, unbelievable to see a horse do that. But so the horses and the people are interacting and they're feeling, those horses are feeling that these people doing this thing are, are, it's, it was proof to me that our minds are settling down. Our bodies are getting calmer. We're feeling more peaceful because the animals pick it up. And the animals are, these are amazing horses. Not, I mean, horses are amazing, but these are horses that are trained to read people and know the people that they're working with. So they're seeing the peace in people just because they're quiet and just because they're still and they're, you know, they're, they're with their breath. So it was, it was such a wonderful experience. I really, I recommend it if you ever have a chance to, uh, if you have a pet, you may have seen this when you, if you meditate and the pet, your dog or your cat will come and sit on you and want to be there right there with you. But with these big, huge animals, there's something so amazing, so remarkable about that. There is that energy. There's, then the, the horses have to have it with each other. Because as a herd, they're always protecting each other. If they're out in the wild, they'd always be on the lookout for predators. But they have it with their human people too, and it's it's incredible. So, uh, I I I I decided if they ever need chaplains at this therapeutic horse farm, I'm going to volunteer. I'm I, I'm already volunteering doing the meditations, but if they ever need a chaplain, I'm signing up. I'll leave I'll leave Blue Lotus in a heartbeat if they want <laughs> if they want to start a temple there. 
It'd be right in the horse stalls. Um, so so get a, get with uh, find some animal creatures. And and I was just as dazzled and amazed with the goats and the mule and the the little ponies and the other animals they have. And when when you when we went to work with them with our groups, they told us now all of you kind of it's in it's in a different barn, a smaller their older barn. They tell the people and with our groups now all of you just go and stand by the walls. Don't don't say anything. Don't move around. And the animals come in when they want to. They they let them come in, or if they don't want to come in, and they'll pick you. So let the animals get used to you, and you just let them decide if they want to come around you, and don't don't go after them. So that was those those were. That's a different kind of instruction than we usually get with animals, and so they let all the the goats and the donkey not it's a it's a donkey a little donkey and the little little horses and all those animals come in and then they see that the people are being quiet they notice that we're there and they're curious so they kind of come and they start going close to some people and you know walking around and they get their they become comfortable with the humans and then it's okay to to uh mix and mingle with the animals but they're they're very much acting as therapists just walking around letting people have that intimate contact with them and it's very healing it's very uh it, it surprised me at really how healing it it was so i wanted to share that with you because with this super cold weather then you know, we all have compassion for ever the humans and the animals who are who are suffering, and uh, I hope we all can find a way. If you have compassion for those creatures and the humans, that you can find something that you can do to to help. It might be more food at the food pantry, or uh, you know, being going and volunteering somewhere where you can help, or there are good articles online about things you can do to help feral cats and ways you. And, and I'm not a cat person, and even I wanted to want to do things for feral cats. I just think of animals who are not if they if they've always lived out out of doors, they they have evolved to work with that. But the animals that are feral because they've lost homes, or we haven't taken, you know, have had the cats neutered or spayed or the animal. There are just so many feral cats that have just been left behind. Uh, they aren't prepared for the for these heavy winters, so there are a lot of things we can do to help them. But um, also just think it, it's a wonderful thing. So grab an, an, grab an animal. <laughs> get, find an animal that you can get to know. And it doesn't have to be a horse or a farm animal, but I think that contact with us is a, is another way for us to open up and feel uh, feel what that contact can do. If you're if we're dealing with seasonal affective disorder, or if you're just if you need a hug, a sheep is maybe the best thing in the world to hug, <laughs> especially in the winter. But there, there are so many beautiful ways to volunteer, but also get uh, have that contact. 
and it proves that meditation works. You can just see it when the animal is around it. So thank you for letting me share that.